Welcome back to ADHD Money Talk, the show that helps dynamic but distracted ADHD brains take back control over their money in order to stress less of a more enriching life and open up new and amazing possibilities. And I am your humble and very ADHD host, Dave DeWitt, and today we've got a question. A listener question has come in, and it's a great one because we're getting to the topic of variable income and how to budget when you have variable, unpredictable income. Okay, so we're going to get right into that. But first, guys, please leave a review for the podcast. Ask me a question, ADHDmoneytalk.com. Submit a question. Follow me on Instagram, ADHDmoneytalk. DM me on Instagram. Ask me a question. I want questions. So if you ask me a question, I may dedicate an entire show to it. You may get a ton of value. I'm going to go into pretty good detail on this particular question I've gotten today. So it's a good opportunity for you and for everyone who's listening to learn something and to get more real life practical sort of tips and thoughts and all this good stuff. So the question came in anonymously, and the question is, my husband and I are both ADHD brains. We love the podcast, thank you so much, and need some advice. I work a stable job and make enough money to cover all of our basic expenses without a lot of room for savings or big ticket items. My husband works in the arts and has little control over the amount of money that he brings in every month. The amount could be anything from a couple hundred to a couple thousand dollars a month. Do you have any advice for how to think about his variable income? Should I adjust my budget up and down based on last month's income? Try to smooth things out? Something else? Okay, so that was the question, and thank you so much for the question. I don't really have enough information to provide any really surgical solutions for you that are perfectly tailored to your situation. If you want that, then you know you can sign up to be a client of mine, but I'm just kidding. All right, but there's more than enough here to give you some thoughts that should help you out. You're making enough to cover your basic expenses, and that's great. I don't know exactly what that means, though, if it's covering all of your recurring expenses, like housing and subscriptions and utilities, or if it's covering that plus your variable necessities, like food and gas. I'm going to assume you're covering recurring expenses as well as those basic necessities, since you did say you don't have room for things that I think are well above and beyond that, like big ticket items and savings, then your husband is the wild card. So if you guys are living on just your income, things are tight, but your husband brings in money, but it's so random. He's bringing home anywhere from a couple hundred to a couple thousand dollars a month. And you're asking how to think about this variable income. And if you should adjust your budget up and down based on last month's income, try to smooth out or something else. So you mentioned adjusting the budget up or down based on last month's income. So I am reading that changing your budget month to month based on his income in the previous month. But if you don't know um, what the upcoming month will be for income, then I'm a little confused as to why you would use last month's income. I think I'm just not reading it right, honestly. Unless it tends maybe that his he has good months and bunches. Also, I'm not exactly sure have the timing of when he is paid. Is it all at the end of the month? Is it at the beginning of the month? Does he get paid throughout the month as he, well, he says he's in the arts, so as he's delivering his art ad hoc, sort of random. So those are the things I would I would want to know to be able to provide you with a more targeted idea of what to do. But I definitely have some thoughts on how to make it work with a variable income like this. And there are ways to do this that require a lot of ongoing maintenance, and there are ways to do this that, in my opinion, are more ADHD-friendly that do not have as much maintenance 
um, but maybe harder to execute in the short term if it requires some, you know, modifications to your lifestyle or spending less, which can be harder. But if you can do it and live within a repeatable structure, then life becomes so much more easy when you can make your budget a repeatable structure that doesn't need constant tweaking. So the first thing I would have you guys do is to quantify some of those savings goals and big ticket items uh, savings goals that you have so that you can concretely accommodate them into your spending plan because I want everybody's budget to power not only financial security and peace of mind, but also you know helping move you towards something bigger. And I would encourage you to do that. And then I would encourage you to look at your husband's previous years of income and see if there are any patterns that may be seasonal or any patterns at all. Um, if it truly is very random month to month, then you can check to see if the total income for the year comes out to be pretty close year to year. So like if he goes from like $40,000 one year to 80000 then to 60000 that's a pretty wide range. But if it's like fifty. 60, 40, that's a closer range. And in that case, I do think that you could maybe just use like an average of those three. Um, if there's seasonal trends, then you can break up the year into periods like spring, summer, fall, or however the seasonality plays out. And you can just sort of have your own seasonal trends. You could, you know, just have a budget for each season, essentially. If there are no seasonal trends and it's really random, but the totals are similar-ish, then like I said, you might want to take an average. And if the totals are very different, then you may want to take an average, but reduce it so it's like 70% of his average annual monthly income as opposed to using an actual true average. That way you build in some conservatism. And in general, I'm always going to, I build in conservatism to everything I do. I love conservatism because you prepare for the worst, and then you're very happy and surprised when you have leftover money. Yay. Okay, so, and then if his income is wildly inconsistent, like he might have a $20,000 year, then a $100,000 year, then a $150,000 year, and then a $40,000, like if it's like really, you know, inconsistent, then what I would strongly encourage you to do is use a very conservative monthly income from your husband, like a reliable amount, like what is like the least Again, I'm guessing maybe there's been some months where he's had like zero, but like if you have like four years of his income to look at, what is the worst year? And then divide that by 12 and say, okay, that is sort of the income we're going to say that we're going to rely on from him every single month. So come up with some sort of very conservative estimate. And to be honest with you, that's actually my preferred way because if you can do it, um, then you may have that you know side benefit of of having to look at your spending patterns and make some decisions to reduce your expenses and bring your overall spending down and be more intentional with your spending. It so basically what I'm saying is it, it can require more work on a, the behavior side, but that kind of work can last a lifetime and be so powerful for you going and your husband and your family going forward because you can develop such great habits and it enables saving in a big way, which we'll get into as well. If you do it this way where you have a very conservative reliable income from your husband each month, you'll never really have to dip into emergency funds or use credit cards to smooth out shortfalls because you're operating so within your means that you're good. If you use a method that is less conservative, like using 70% of average monthly income over the past couple of years, or however you come up with a less conservative or just a pure average even, you are bound to have months where you are short 
what your standard budget amount is, and also months where you are over. Since it sounds like you won't be able to predict you know, this, because the income is very inconsistent, is what I, it seems like to me from reading your question, I do recommend considering keeping things as simple as possible with fairly static budget month to month. Like each month, you know, our budget for food is this, our budget for this is that, our budget for this, or just saying our budget for discretionary spending is this, our budget for uh, needs is this, our budget for fixed expenses, which is going to be the same every month or should be, is this. And I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't try and predict when the income will be higher or lower unless there's a reason to expect that. And I wouldn't really recommend in this case using a pure average because that leaves you at the risk of obviously having a really short year, a really lower year, and then you're going to be sort of scrambling. So I do like rather, I would rather you use like a 70% if you're going to use some sort of average so that you're still building in that conservatism. But with this static budget month to month, on the months that your income is higher than what your budget is, I don't want you to increase your budget. What I want you to do is to take the income that's above your budget and send that money to an account that is like your, let's call it your working capital, your smoothing your expenses out account. We'll call it working capital account, like the account that you're going to use, you're going to dip into on the months that are short, where your income is not covering how much you've budgeted for, that static amount. Because you don't want to have to be changing your budget all the time because it's not sustainable. I mean, in a perfect world, like really neurotypical, like organized and just like, you know what I'm saying? Like people do it every single month, like change their budget, have really good, accurate estimates of what's, you know, this is not my audience. (laughs) I don't think this is you. So keeping your budget super static and then just having the system where, okay, your income was so-and-so and you actually stayed under your budget, then you obviously know that your income minus the amount you spent, which was your budget amount, take that extra money, put it into the account that is your shortfall account or working capital account, whatever you would want to call it, and use that money on months where you're short. Using this method, and so whether you're using a method that's super conservative or this less conservative 70% of average, and I'm just, this is just like, I'm just saying things out loud into the world right now. I'm not giving you specific advice. I'm just giving you ideas or ways to think about this. Um, because again, I don't really know your full situation. Whether you're using like some sort of percent of average or a really conservative amount, like your his worst year, and these principles apply to both situations. And so, one thing I would also try and encourage you to think about is trying to fit a savings goal into the budget to be even more conservative. Meaning, you have you know your budget. This is how much you're going to spend each month. Try and save, you know, if it's $200 is your goal per month into whatever, towards a thing or towards retirement or towards whatever it is that you're saving for. Try and include that within the budget so you're saving along the way as well and not just taking like money that's in the working capital account and using that to save. So you're saving actually from the money that you're planning on spending. I hope that makes sense um, because this way you're going to be saving all year long, but also in case his... Your husband has a bad year and maybe it's like low or almost as low as, you know, you're using the conservative method and it's almost as low as his lowest year ever. You will still have saved the entire year, but you'll have no additional money at the end of the year to put into savings. However, if you have a, an average year and you're using these conservative methods, you're going to have a lot of money left over in that capital uh, working capital account at the end of the year. And you can take a good chunk of that. You know, I would leave enough to get you to get your the next year rolling smoothly, but I'll take a big chunk of that and 
plop it towards your savings goals. Because you're if you're using the, let's say, the 70% of average method and you stick to the budget all year long, and you probably won't, all right? I mean, or maybe you will. I don't know. Like, I hope you do, and I and I would love it. And if you do do any of this and do it, like, please let me know. That'd be amazing. So if you used 70% of average and you executed it, and then he had an average year, well, then you have... 30% of his income in this cap working capital account that you guys can then use to put towards your goals. And that would be huge for you guys, I think. I think that'd be huge. And if you're using the really conservative and he has an average year, then you could have even more in that account to use for savings. Obviously, this would in practice present potentially temptation having seen that account um, all year long with more and more money. You'd, you know, you'd have the money to say, oh, I should be using it. I get that, but even so, it's still way better, you know, using it throughout the year, splurging a little bit. You know, in reality, that's probably what would happen for most people, especially us ADHDers, but, you know, regardless, you get what I'm saying. I shouldn't even really have gone there because I just opened up a can of worms. And obviously, all this that I'm saying is kind of assuming that you guys are, you know, commingling your funds, you're kind of in this together, you're okay with, like, all the money going to the same place. Uh, it sounds like maybe you, the wife, is the breadwinner. <laughs> no offense, husband, if that's true. Or maybe it's not. I, I don't really know because, again, I don't know. But this is a, definitely an all-in-together plan. If you were trying, if you wanted to segregate this, it would definitely put in some more complications. This is more of a we're sharing all the income together for our unified, aligned goals kind of deal. So I hope that made sense. Again, I do these sometimes, and by the end of it, I'm like, gosh, words came out of my mouth, and I feel a little bit rambly, and I feel a little bit like I didn't make sense, but I hope it made sense. And remember, at the end of the day, the goal is to spend less than you make. So if you have spending habits that are really well under control, then I think these strategies could work really well. But if impulsive spending and all of, you know that stuff um, that you know I've talked about on the show before is also an issue, then I would definitely layer in more activity into your budgeting process, like sitting down every month and putting a reminder in your phone to do it and reviewing you know, your spending of the previous month, where you spent too much and make verbal commitments to each other and write it down, where you're going to improve and you know, on trouble areas and also think about the upcoming month and think about what expenses might be coming up. Maybe there's a birthday, maybe it's December and there's Christmas and the holidays and all that. Uh, maybe there's a trip, maybe just something you can predict expenses coming up and then you can you know write those down and, and then again verbally sort of say like we're going to pull back on eating out this month to make room for so and so and just being more engaged with the process is what the doctor orders when spending habits is a problem but if you've gone through that part and now you just need help with structuring the budget for variable income then i do think you could maybe use some of these principles to help you guys out so i hope this was helpful that's it for this week. I love questions, so please ask away. Once again, ADHDmoneytalk.com. Submit a question or DM me on Instagram. ADHD Money Talk is my handle there. I'm trying to get into the Reels game more, so follow me on Instagram for some quick tips on Instagram. And if you've been enjoying the podcast, please consider leaving a review. Next week, I plan to quickly run over the student loan changes and probably give some of my thoughts on that and also talk about how to think about your student loans in general going to try and make that practical and give some good ideas and you know help you think through the student loan situation and what it means for you if you have them so until then have a great week 
keep up the great work with your budgets, with your saving, with your getting your money together. You're doing an amazing job. I know you are. If you have any questions at all, please let me know. All right. See you guys.